This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes This down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's, it's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he there ties the game. All right, well, there's literally not much going on with this team, so I, I can't say this will be a long episode, but I did want to bring up the Yankees for an episode because it's been a second. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to get back into the, uh, you know, into the mood before the the, the spring training uh, activities begin, if they even do on time, because of this freaking lockout. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host R.J. Carbone, and this is episode 209. Oh, I'm sorry, this is episode 309 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. So if you want, check in with us on the weekends. We uh, we do some MMA episodes on the weekend. So always stay tuned for that if you're interested. You know, in the UFC and things such as that. But yeah, I did want to talk Yankees today, guys. If you haven't yet subscribed, though, be sure to do that right now. Um, we're on many platforms. BD4 is on... You know, all your listening platforms, we are on YouTube to watch. Um, you can also follow me on social media. I'm at RJ Carbone on Facebook. And on Instagram, the handle is at Rob J Carbone. So, welcome to the show. And like I said, this probably won't be too long. Because there's literally not much to talk about, but... You know, I've been doing some thinking lately about this Yankees team. And whenever it is that the um, the lockout is over, and it will be eventually, you know, there are a couple of targets I would like to see them go after. Now, obviously, Correa is the tar- is you know one of the big names out there. Matt Olson is is also another name. Freddie Freeman, maybe. Although I think he's gonna you know go back to his. The team he's played his entire career with in Atlanta. There are some other names out there that I think could be some potential targets for this team. Do they explore those options? And we'll get to that. Also, uh, we want to touch on, we're going to touch on in this episode, Baseball America and their top 100 prospect list. Recently, including three Yankees. So we'll discuss them for a couple of minutes. And, uh, you know, whatever else. We'll shoot the shit and then I'll be that. So thank you for stopping by. Again, episode 309 of the podcast tonight. I am your host, RJ Carbone. And as I am recording, January 19th, late at night. As you are listening to this, it should be January the 20th. On a Thursday. So... Watching the Clippers and Denver Nuggets right now, they're actually in a very tight game 
with four minutes remaining. So if I keep looking up, that's if you're watching the podcast, um, it's because I'm watching the game. Um, let's get to it. So we'll head to our first break, guys. And when we get back, we'll start talking some, we'll start talking some yanks. Stay with us. Hey guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, you know, obviously the, um, the Yankees haven't done much. And they didn't do much even before the lockout when every other team seems to seem to be active. Uh, the Yankees actually saved money by inking uh, Jolie, Jolie, is it his name? Jolie Rodriguez to a new deal. <laughs> That's what they did. They saved some money by reworking his contract. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like I said, Baseball America just released their top 100 not too long ago. And um, the Yankees had three of their top prospects on that list. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I mean it's number uh, the number uh, what was it? number eighty seven on the list was Jason Dominguez, obviously the outfielder that everybody talks about. Um, I was looking at the twenty eighty scale. His hitting is fifty five. His power sixty. He's running fifty. Fielding, 50, and his arm is a 50. Once again, that's on the 2080 scale. Um, which, if you're not familiar with that, 50 is about average. Everybody knows, you know, this guy's this kid's a toolsy athlete. He's got the speed. Center fielder, um, at least right now. Offensively, you know, everybody loves their, everybody's high on him. He hits the ball extremely hard. He's an exit velo king. Uh, he drives it with serious impact. Cashman's calling him an anomaly. His nickname is, you know, the Martian. Obviously, he's got the asinine mantle and trout comparisons already. Um, you know, and a lot of, a lot of scouts are, are praising this kid's good leadership skills already for, for just a 19-year-old or an 18-year-old kid. I think he's still 18 years old. So he, we, you know, we've still got a ways to go before we see Dominguez in the big leagues. Um, you know, and he did last season, you know, have some up and downs. He had some up and downs in his first pro ball year um, in the Florida Complex League uh, and along with the, the low A Southeast League too. So he played on two levels last year and combined with both of those levels combined to hit 252. With an OPS of 731. He had 5 home runs, 9 doubles, 9 stolen bases, 73 strikeouts in 56 games. So he struggled some. But uh, again, he's going to have to get a lot of, a lot more reps uh, under his belt before we even consider him 
at the major league level. Right now, there's a lot of hype, but you know, hype uh, hype is a tricky word, right? Prospects are very tricky, especially when they're so young, so raw. So we have to see what happens. But right now, he's number 87 on Baseball America's Top 100. Landing at number 55 is Oswald Peraza, shortstop. And his 2080 scale, his hitting is 60. His power is six, is 50. Sorry. His running is 55. His fielding is 55. And his arm is 55. A lot of scouts are calling him the best defensive shortstop in the Yankee system. <clears throat> um, offensively, he's got growing power. You know, he's found success in each of the three levels he played at last year in the minors. <clears throat> he hit well in each of them. All together combined, he batted two, uh, 297 with an 834 OPS, hitting 18 home runs, driving in 58 runs, 26 doubles, a pair of triples, and 38 stolen bases, 37 walks, and 111 Ks. In 115 games. So he had a good solid year. He makes solid contact as well. And you know one of the things that. Has improved is. is You know he's kind of. Doing a better job lifting the ball. And he used to be a guy who hit the ball on the ground. But he did a much better job. Lifting the ball in, in his 2021 season. Obviously the Yankees like that. Their whole hit strikes hard mentality. Um, so they're saying he might see some action in 2022. I think there's a better chance we see Peraza um, than than Dominguez for sure. Uh, but even even over Volpe, who we'll touch on now. But yeah, you know whether he plays that Tyler Wade role, who's now with the Angels, um, or maybe you know filling in for injured players, we'll see. You know, but he he could eventually be their shortstop of the future. You know, with Torres seeming to go back to second base. Um, We'll see, you know, but we'll have to see how he does in AAA first. You know, he still has just eight games at the AAA level, so he'll definitely start the season in AAA, and we'll we'll have to see what happens going forward. And then, yeah, uh, Anthony Volpe, number 10 on that list, shortstop Anthony Volpe, graduated from uh, Del Barton in 2019, which is not too far from me. We play Del Barton all the time here where I live. Uh, they're a rival of ours. <laughs> so uh, his hitting's a 60. His power is 60. His run is 55. Fielding, 50. And his arm, 45. He, too, had a breakout season in 2021 uh, with two levels. He batted 294 with an OPS of 1,027. 1,027 OPS. 27 home runs. 86 RBIs, 35 doubles, 6 triples, 33 stolen bases, 78 walks, and 101 Ks in 109 games. Big time season for him. Kid shows great work ethic. That's all you hear about Volpe. He's got an outstanding work ethic. Um, At the plate, he puts together very solid at-bats. He's got under-the-radar athleticism. His power is still growing. I read somewhere he may eventually move from a shortstop, but I didn't read too much further into that. All I know is that it said 
if he moves from shortstop, it wouldn't be because of his instinct, because of his instincts or athleticism or anything like that. But I, I didn't really read further into it. Um, but you could also see him maybe in 2022. But I don't know because he hasn't really, he hasn't played above high A yet. So he's expected to begin the 2022 season in Double A Somerset. <clears throat> so we have to see how he performs there. But yeah, those are the three prospects who have landed on this top 100 prospects list on Baseball America. You know, do the Yankees go in-house this year, you know, and and get one of these guys to fill a void at these positions? Or do they go after Correa to play shortstop? Do they make that one-year move for Matt Chapman to play shortstop? Uh, Roderick Arias, you know, even, who they just signed from the international pool. Um, and there, you know, there's also the Olsen rumors at first base and all that stuff. But we discussed all of that, Roderick Arias, Olsen, Correa, in episode 302 with Greg. That was about 10 or 11 days ago. So if you haven't checked out episode 302 with Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast and I, go do that right now. It's an excellent episode. We discuss all that stuff. Um, and I, I discuss some of it on my own too. Um, episode 302, yeah, 302 with Greg. So check that out. But I do want to go to the mound and discuss some potential targets um, that the Yankees could go after in terms of the rotation. All right, so I want to go over some guys here. First, let's head to break. When we get back from break, uh, yeah, I want to list a few guys that I think could be options for us. Stay with us. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. So, going to the mound, um, there are a few guys, you know, so so the market for pitchers in free agency is pretty bleh. Let's be real, I I looked up and down the list, didn't find too many guys. However, you know, if at a low cost, there is one pitcher I found pretty intriguing, if at a low cost, um, 
That's Carlos Rodon. Left-handed pitcher. 29-year-old veteran of the game. He's got a career 3-7-9 ERA. Uh, with two postseason appearances under his belt. Last year, in 2021 with the White Sox, Rodon, 13-5 record. A 2.37 ERA in the American League. Um, across 132 and two-thirds innings, he struck out 185 batters, allowed just 91 hits and 36 walks. Some of his uh, more notable efforts, uh, obviously he had that no-hitter throwing his second start of the season on the 14th against the Cleveland Indians. That was during that span where baseball had a ton of no-hitters that month, first couple of months. Um, he even shut the Yankees out for six innings, and one of his starts during May. Um, and then, you know, what I liked, I was looking, you know, researching some of his uh, game logs. He dominated Houston in two starts last season, combining for 14 innings pitched, two runs, and four hits. Um, so, he had that one start against them where he didn't allow a hit. Last season, he averaged 95.4 miles an hour on his fastball, which was a career best. That was nice to see. I would say his slider is his best off-speed pitch, um, complemented with the changeup that he throws to. He added in he added in the curveball last season, but he only threw it 1.7% of the time. So it was mainly fastball slider change. Listen, I'll take him. I'll definitely take a pitcher like him. I think he could be a quality middle to back end guy in this rotation. Maybe that's too optimistic for some of you. Maybe that's way too pessimistic to some of you. Maybe some of you still think he can pitch to a sub three. Um, I'll take him though. You know, if it's not too much money that he's commanding, just because he has a very deep history of elbow issues and shoulder soreness, and that kind of affected his second half of last season. He only had 28 total innings pitched in the second half of the year. And you look at his game log, he, he never threw more than 90 pitches in the second half. Um, a bunch of starts, I think all of his starts in the second half were four plus innings or less. Nothing five and above. Because that shoulder flared up on him again. <clears throat> so, you know, with the injury history, Chicago didn't even offer him a QO. So that probably says something about the health concerns with Verdon. Um, but yeah, if low price, I am definitely willing to pick up the phone if I'm Cashman and dial. You know, if, if they were to make a deal and they get Rodone, they'd probably, you know, limit his innings pitched, I would imagine, and, and save him for more towards the end of the season in the playoffs. So that's just an option. I was thinking about him as a potential target. And I'm looking at the free agent list, and I did not know that Clayton Kershaw was a free agent. Clayton Kershaw in the year 2021 pitched to a 10-8 record, a 2.55 ERA. I'm sorry, a 3.55 ERA. 121 and two-thirds innings pitched, 144 strikeouts, 103 hits, and 21 walks. You know, we know who Clayton Kershaw is. No need to give you the rundown, right? He's a three-time Cy Young winner. He's an eight-time All-Star. He's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. 
I mean, he's he's a monster. Um, the thing, right? The catch, you could say, is that he is 35 years old in March, and the injuries these last couple of seasons has have you know sent him on his regression. They've kept him off the field some. He missed two months last season with the forearm injury. Um, but he's Clayton Kershaw, and, and you know, he could help a team for sure. Um, I, I just don't see it happening, you know, unless the Yankees blow the Dodgers and the Rangers out of the water with an offer. I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see them doing that, though. I think he's either re-signing with LAD or he's going home to his home state of Texas to play with his buddy Corey Seager. So I don't know that Clayton Kershaw is a very realistic target. And I also saw some names that, that, you know, have been floating out there for a bit. Kikuchi. I'm not a fan of Kikuchi. This is the kid in Seattle. Um, Not much of a kid. I think he's 30 now. He doesn't move the needle for me. He's just too inconsistent. He walks a ton of batteries. He's a slow-paced pitcher. I have a feeling he's going to command a lot of money, too. He's already turned down guaranteed money. So I just, looking at his career this far, he had a 546 as a rookie, a 517 in year two. Last season, he posted a 441. So it has gone down a bit in the last two years, but I don't think that means that there's an upside that hasn't been unlocked or anything. I don't think that's much of an indicator. Just two seasons of, of improving the ERA from horrible to average. I, I just think that's what he is. He's average. So I'm not really intrigued with him. Uh, there was Granky. There was Danny Duffy. No, thank you. Uh, Granky, I don't even think wants to be a Yankee. Uh, and Duffy also doesn't move the needle for me. Now, I was looking at the trade market. That's more tricky because this is, you know, rumors, whereas free agency is concrete. But there was one name, and this is the guy who I've wanted for a bit. I've been enamored with this kid for a few years now. I've always liked his upside. And I want to touch on this kid before we wrap things up. So let's head to break. When we get back, I want to talk on this potential target who the Yankees should consider dealing for does he become available at some point in the 2022 season stay with us hey guys i hope you're enjoying this episode but first i also want to let you know i have another blog the blog i'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled the bomber bocker blog if you want to go subscribe to this blog you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841. E-R-J-C, $7.99 a month. Does anybody here know what the Babylon Bee is? (laughs) 
I can't get enough of their of their headlines. They post a lot of those bullshit satire articles. Oh my god, they're hilarious. They just put one up of, of Trump earlier today and then they got Rogan just now. They've been going at both sides, so don't give me shit for being some conservative. <laughs> they're fucking hilarious. Um Luis Castillo. Yeah. This is a kid I have wanted. I am enamored with this kid. I've wanted him for a couple of years. I talked to all my buddies about this kid. I wanted him when, you know, he was a, in rumor to be available. And I was like, you know what? If we got to trade Andohar, Torres, then do so. That was back when Torres was good. Um, yeah, I've always liked this kid's upside. There's a lot of red if you go on his baseball savant page. That's right. I'm with it. I'm hip. I'm lingo. I'm with the lingo. Baseball savant's a big thing with, with Zoomers and Millennials. I'm with it. There's a lot of red on the page. And red is good. Red is good, by the way. Um, but he's got a 97 miles an hour fastball. He can also sink it. He's got a changeup that he throws just as much, actually more, last season. It, it's his out pitch. And he also has a slider. He mixes all three of those pitches in pretty well, too. So he <clears throat> he knows how to keep you off balance. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> he knows how to keep you off balance and you know keep you guessing up there at the plate. In 2021, it was uh, a tale of two halves for this kid. In his first 13 outings of the season, Castillo pitched to a two and nine record with the Reds, a 6.47 ERA, 2.87 batting average against. And had 60 strikeouts in 64 innings. So, not too impressive. But, he showed the ability to make mid-season adjustments, which is impressive for a young pitcher. And he finished out the year in his final 20 outings, going 6-7 and seven with a 269 ERA, a 236 batting average against, 132 strikeouts and 123 in two-thirds innings. He found his confidence in that changeup and that became his outpitch again mid-June and on. And he started dominating opposing lineups. This is the dude who I think can be a 1B to Garrett Cole. Um, and it's good insurance to have in case Luis Severino coming off a three-year layoff doesn't exactly light it up, which could very well be the case. He's only making $7.5 million this year, and he just turned 29 years old in December, so he's fairly young. He's hitting his peak. There's a very good shot. He has a breakout year in 2022. And one thing I also love, absolutely love about this kid, unlike Rodone and some of these other free agent pitchers we touched on, this kid stays healthy. God, knock on wood, please. But you look at the last four seasons. Um, in 2018, which was his second season, he gave the Reds 31 starts. In his third season, in 2019, he gave them 32 starts. In the shortened 2020 pandemic season, he gave them 12 starts, which is good. It was a 60-game year. And last season, in the 2021 season... Back to a full year, he gave them 33 starts. So he stays on the field and he gives you productive outings. 
how many pitchers can you say that the Yankees acquired over the last couple of years had both talent and health? Not many, right? Starters, relievers, whatever. Paxton had some talent, couldn't stay healthy. Even Jamison Tyone last year had some good outings in the second half, couldn't stay healthy. Kluber, he was good when he was on the field, on the mound, but he couldn't stay healthy. In the bullpen, Britton, O'Day. We get so many of these guys who have talent but can't stay healthy. So many times we're injured. Injuries, is our, that's, that's the Yankees nowadays. This gets got the upside, and he's staying healthy. I would really consider it. And honestly, if we got to give away some prospects, I'll do it. Um, but he's going to cost a ton. Don't get it twisted. You know, to get, you have to give. And if Cincinnati is, is you know, in the market looking for, for potential buyers, they'll probably start with Volpe. Um, if not Volpe, they're definitely going to start with Peraza at worst. Then they'll maybe add in some other of our top 15 prospects. So it's not going to be, you know, a fleece job. And Torres at once could have been, you know, the headliner in, the, in a potential package, but obviously his value has tanked tremendously. But here's the thing. Knowing Cashman, he loves fleecing everybody. Right, Cashman, his arrogance, and I don't mean that in a dick way, his arrogance as a GM is real. He doesn't like doing deals where he isn't the clear-cut winner. So I don't know that if Castillo does become available available by the deadline, that Cashman's going to even consider it. I wish it were different. I wish he wasn't so stubborn. I wish he knew that it's okay to come out even sometimes in these in these deals if it means you're closer to a championship run. But I just don't see him doing that. He loves to fleece other GMs. And who knows? I don't know. I haven't really paid attention to the Reds if they're going to deal him. But I know their front office is pretty stupid, to be honest. I know they've done some pretty poor deals over the last couple of years. So who knows, man? I'm just saying keep tabs on. Keep tabs on Castillo. Uh, Luis Castillo. If he is available, it is certainly the, the best way to upgrade this rotation. Far and away. It is clearly the best way to make an upgrade to the Yankees starting five. Because the free agent market for starters lacks those top shelf guys. This guy has the upside to be a top shelf guy. I would take the risk here. You're in win now mode. Enough prospect hugging. This is a kid I really, really think the Yankees should take a look at and um, and see what's up. For sure. So that's it. I just wanted to go over a few things. Just give some ideas. I like Rodone. I love Castillo. We'll see what happens. But we're still in lockout mode right now. The Yankees have... Um, there's not much news with, with the Yankees. So we'll see what happens. Let's head to break one last time. When we get back, we'll finish up with the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Stay with us. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any 
of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2. 841-ERJC 682-841-ERJC Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab searching the Bomber Bocker blog and there you have it. So, for this episode, episode 309, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day is obviously a Yankees question since this is a Yankees-based episode. Who did the Yankees trade to the Athletics in 1997 for Scott Brocious? Who did the Yankees trade to the Athletics in 1997 for Scott Brocious. Name that player. So let me know the answer on Instagram or on Facebook. Whether that's in my DMs or in the comments section. And I'll let you know. I'll give you a shout out if you get it right. So guys, thank you so much for stopping by. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and this is episode 309 of BD4. I'll see you in episode 310, which as you are listening to this, should be out tonight for you, which is Thursday the 20th, when we talk Knicks, uh, Pelicans. And we might have an MMA review for Saturday, a UFC, uh, UFC 270 preview in that episode too. I'll see if I'm busy enough. I might not do it, but if I am free, I'll add that in there. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll see you then. All right. Oh, yanks. Ciao. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.